We are back with our friend Jamie Court, who is the president of Consumer Watchdog. And if you don't know Consumer Watchdog, you can go to consumerwatchdog.org. And I strongly recommend it because I love Consumer Watchdog. Been friends with them for many years. And our friend Jamie Court, the president of Consumer Watchdog, spelled C-O-U-R-T. Jamie's been with us a long time. And Jamie is with us today because, Jamie, I think I'm about to have a heart attack when I drive down the street. Jamie, thanks for coming back on the Norman Goldman. Joe. Oh, pleasure to be here, but I hope I hope you don't have a heart attack. Well, Jamie, here's my here's the reason I'm going to have a heart attack. The state, our state, California, is now speeding up the timetable for robot cars. So very, very, very soon, it will be possible that I will be driving down the street and here comes some car with nobody behind the wheel. And Jamie, if I see that, I'm going to have a heart attack. Am I reading this right? Yeah, no, we have now uh, these robot cars being tested on the roads otherwise called self-driving cars. But, of course, not, the self-driving cars don't really drive themselves yet. They, they can only go, if you look at the testing reports we've had done at the, in California to the Department of Motor Vehicles, they can only go generally a couple hundred miles without the human test driver having to take over, or at most, in the best case, about 5,600 miles. That's the best company testing out there, Waymo, Google's company. But they still need human intervention. And what our state has done is said, we've cleared the way that you don't have to have a human driver in the car. We're just going to let the cars test themselves, and we'll have a remote driver uh, be able to take over someone in Mountain View, let's say, at Google's headquarters, watching on a video screen ready to take over if something goes wrong, which is a really bad idea. I mean, this is, you know, this is not a video game. They're going to be on our roads in California, and these cars, they get freaked out because of software problems, hardware problems, pedestrians, bicyclists, ambulance sirens, and... You know, someone remotely is just not going to see what a test driver in a car would see. They're not going to see the peril and people are going to get hurt. And so the Department of Motor Vehicles has been doing this because it's under a lot of pressure from the Silicon Valley, political pressure to speed speed these cars to the road. And the reporting we have in the state, which is the only reporting nationally, if you can believe it, shows these cars don't drive themselves. They're not ready for the road. They need the human intervention. It's a scary time. So the DMV uh, says, well, we still are going to require that they certify that they have better functions than they have now before these cars come to the road, so it's not going to be like the next week that they're going to be approved. But I am very worried because uh, I do think that these cars will only function well without a human driver to take over if they're on a separate infrastructure and they're only robot cars. They get very freaked out when there are human drivers, when they're pedestrians, when they're bicyclists. The human factor freaks them out. And the thing that really scares me, and we've talked about this, is they've got these large car makers, these corporations programming the cars into what to do in, you know, these, these moral hazard situations. So, you know, a good example is Mercedes programs its cars or says it will program its cars so that it prioritizes the lives of the occupants, which makes sense because, uh, you know, it's got liability for the people it carries. But... So you've got a robot car, a robot Mercedes, driving down the road, and you've got a little kid chasing a ball on the road, and the Mercedes car has to make a calculation. Does it swerve and potentially kill the occupants of the car, or does it hit that kid? And that problem, it's, in ethics, it's called a trolley problem, is one that we haven't solved. And we've let the car companies decide what they're going to do in those situations. And they're dangerous situations. They're dangerous for, for innocent kids. They're dangerous for uh, pedestrians. They're dangerous for bicyclists. They're dangerous for people who the car might not see or the car doesn't recognize or the car doesn't prioritize. So what 
I just think it's nutty that we're going to let these robot cars on our roads without setting the rules and not have human beings there to take over when something goes wrong. Well, Jamie, I, I understand that Silicon Valley, you know, wants this, and I get Google and, uh, you know, Waymo is Google, and I get all that. But, uh, Jamie, pardon my cynicism, I see another actor at work here, and please talk me off the ledge, uh, Uber and Lyft. I see them behind mm -hmm. this because what I, pardon my cynicism, uh, and maybe I don't have facts to back this up, but I'm just seeing around dark corners here that what Uber and Lyft ultimately want to do is get rid of all of these drivers who are so pesky saying that they're employees and they want benefits and stuff and just have a fleet, I mean a big fleet of self-driving vehicles, Uber and Lyft. It'd be so much easier without all these pesky humans to deal with. Jamie, I, I, that's what I see. Am I, am I seeing ghosts? Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what they're thinking. Uh, and and what's remarkable is we had the Trump administration saying, okay, if a car company wants to put a self-driving car on the road, all it's got to do is self-certify they're ready and go do it. They don't have to meet any federal uh, motor vehicle safety standards. They may have to get an exemption, but they can do that. They, they don't have to prove these cars are operating the way they say. They just have to send a note to the administration to do it. And then California's probably going to have to let those cars on the road to test. And the, the thing about it is these cars are job-killing machines. Um, let's say it works. We've got trucks, we've got cars, we've got delivery jobs. We're talking tens of millions of jobs leaving America if this technology rushes along. And yet both parties, both parties, doesn't matter if it's the Democrats in California, the Republicans in D.C., they're all rushing to bend over backwards for this technology without asking the hard questions. Uh, there was just a hearing in the California uh, Senate Transportation Committee named Jim Beal, who represents Silicon Valley, and he was leaning on DMV to go even quicker. No one was raising these questions of safety. Wow. There is no protocol in California even for after testing's over that we get accident reports about robot car vehicles. There's cybersecurity issues. There's privacy issues. And... Everybody who's on the side of let's speed this technology says, well, robots are more reliable. They've got better vision than, than, than distracted human drivers. Well, I'll tell you something. You can put a human being who's a drunk driver and kills someone in jail for life, and that sends a signal. may not bring back the person they killed, but it does send a signal to everyone else. If a robot car kills someone, all that happens is that robot car gets reprogrammed. The corporation may pay a little something out to the family. But how do we know it won't happen again? And if it's a cyber attack or a software or a hardware failure and it affects thousands of vehicles at once, then we have thousands of people dying at once. So the, the safeguards to protect against these really just safety issues are not there. Then you have the whole issue of privacy because these cars collect massive amounts of data. And there's no limit in what they can do with it. And I don't mean just on the drivers or where they're going. I mean on the whole world around in which they operate. Uh, so they're really surveillance devices. There, there's really profound ethical, moral, legal issues here that we are not dealing with because the politicians don't want to stand up to the Silicon Valley. we got a bill racing through the U.S. Senate to make it even easier to bring these cars to the road. And uh, there are only two, three senators that said, no, we're not going to do unanimous consent on the bill. One was Diane Feinstein, to mm. her credit, who said, I don't. She said, well, you said, well, I'm going to run the other way when I see you. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's a guy named Richard Blumenthal. Uh, but there are very few people speaking up. Our house has already passed a bill. Uh, it is uh, you know, almost an unstoppable technology, but we'll, we'll stop it. 
is people. Uh, because when people start to die in the hands of robot cars programmed by corporations that put the bottom line first and don't worry about the people, we'll see this technology, I believe, as a bubble. I think it's going to burst. Wow, I hope you're right. Jamie, these things do scare the daylights out of me. I know they scare you, and I'm glad Consumer Watchdog is raising all of these alarms and red flags. And if you don't know Consumer Watchdog, please check out consumerwatchdog.org, and you'll find Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T. Jamie Court is the president of Consumer Watchdog, but there's lots of his great colleagues at consumerwatchdog.org. And Jamie, uh, I, I, I celebrated, put that in air quotes, Donald Trump's uh, getting into the White House by trading in my uh, my standard internal combustion engine for a Chevy Volt, and I've had it over a year now. I got it just days after he was installed, and uh, and I, I like it a lot, and I've used very, very little gasoline, and it's very I'm very happy that I don't have to, you know, support uh, the oil wells and oil companies and all of that, uh, but we have all this these problems with fracking and all the, you know, environmental problems. And California has this green image. But Jamie, Jerry Brown isn't the, he, I mean, he's brown. He's not very green. And California now, we, we really do pump a lot of oil. And we've got a problem that other states have, right? I mean, leakages around wellheads and stuff. I mean, there's real cost to this. And, and Jerry Brown claims to be green, but he's not, is he? Uh, no, he hasn't so far. You know, he, he talks on the world stage against climate change, but he hasn't done a thing about our oil drilling. Uh, and he hasn't done a thing about fracking in the state. And, you know, Andrew Cole banned fracking in New York. We have uh, the big irony here is, you know, Governor Brown is out there talking about the Trump administration opening up federal waters to drilling. And, him, and he's going to fight it, and our legislators are not going to allow it to happen. We're not going to have the infrastructure to feed the uh, wells offshore if the federal government reopens those oil leases. Well, you know what? Jerry Brown's approved 220 new oil drilling leases in California state waters, which is in the first three miles of, uh, of the coast, and no one's complained. You know, and he, he walks around like he's invincible in his last year in office, which is, is you know, going to be his fourth term. This, he's got to do something about oil drilling if he wants to stand on the uh, stage of um, of the world, which he will do in September at a World Climate Summit in San Francisco, and say he is trying to fight fight fossil fuel global warming. He doesn't really mention what he hasn't done on fossil fuels. And just this week, we had a new analysis released by the uh, Stockholm Environmental Institute, and it finds that you know if you limit oil production in California, it would lead to a substantial greenhouse gas emissions cut at a cost that's comparable to other state climate policies. The wrap is, if you uh, call for a moratorium or limiting urban drilling and oil drilling in the state, that the drilling's just going to pick up anywhere. We can't really stop it. Well, this report finds that's wrong, that every barrel of California oil left in the ground will actually result in a net decrease in oil consumption globally. It, don't, it won't just come from somewhere else. And it, 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 and the, it's a really important you know, academic screed um, the Stockholm Environmental Institute's uh, report, because it lays out a policy path to limit state oil production, to end new permitting for oil production, to end subsidies for oil and gas production, to establish setbacks to limit urban drilling. Um, those are the things that we need to start to do. And if Brown is really wanting to be a climate leader and he wants to see that as a legacy, he's got to get out there and, and do something via executive order for his administration. We just found, for example, that the Brown administration's uh, Dogger Department, this is the 
It's called the Division of Oil, Gas, and Geothermal Resources, Dogger, from his Department of Conservation. And we just found that Dogger has 185 leaks tracked just in Kern County alone of its oil wells between 2012 and 2018. And yet the public doesn't know about it. It's not publicly disclosed. And this is happening all over the state of California. So Brown administration folks aren't even telling the public about all the oil leaks. Uh, they're not tracking them. They've done just too much to help the oil industry over the years. And I think it's going to be a little test of his last term about whether he's going to reverse that trend and leave something in place to try to dismantle the drilling. Jamie, uh, I, and he can do it himself. I'm, he doesn't need the legislature. I got to tell you, I'm still climbing back into my chair from the number of oil leases that he has approved in state waters. I'm still, I can't get past that one. So, uh, is, yeah, is, when, he's, when he's, when he's criticizing Trump, like he's uh, the, the, the second coming of, of the devil for, for opening up federal leases. If he wants to do something, close the state leases, fight the federal leases, but close the state leases. Uh, it's just all hypocritical. And he doesn't want to keep it in the ground. He needs to keep it in the ground. He, and, and this is his last chance. It's his last year in office. Uh, and, are those leases uh, I, actually going to get drilled on? I mean, are the oil companies they're being really? drilled on? Oh, they're being drilled right now. One of them was uh, the one that fed that pipeline off Santa Barbara. The one that leaked a couple of years back. And had one that farm. leaked, yeah. yeah. Jamie, this is disgraceful. So, I have to use Donald Trump's word in all capital letters and exclamation points. Disgraceful. He was talking about Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, but Jerry Brown can't call himself green with these kind of with this kind of factual track record. I mean, it's disgraceful. It is disgraceful, and uh, you know he often says, "Look, we need oil because we still have gas uh, powered cars." And while that may be true, the you know electric vehicles are not only proliferating, but they're also getting bigger range, cheaper batteries. And there really is no harm in discreetly starting to roll back oil drilling. You know, you don't want to deal with existing wells. Well, don't approve new leases. Don't approve new infrastructure. Have a plan to dismantle the, the old ones. Stop urban drilling within a thousand feet of where people live and work because that's dangerous. That's a, that's a health hazard. And we have that in the city of L.A. There's urban drilling. I see them around. It's really weird to see oil wells drilling oil. And, you know, sometimes I found there are buildings built around oil wells, like there's one on Pico at Hauser in L.A., and I wonder what the building was, and I figured out it was an oil well, literally. And they just put a building around it, so you know you stand in the middle of an oil well in the middle of Pico Boulevard. Wow. Yeah, so it's right around us, and it's, a, and it's hidden, right? And Brown, um, in some places, is not hidden, up in La Cienega, you know, La Cienega uh, Hills there. It's right out there, right across where kids play soccer. And you can't call yourself... Someone is against climate change until you're willing to say the words fossil fuel and do something about it. Jamie, I got to tell you, this has been a really, really interesting and somewhat scary interview, but I really appreciate you taking the time. Time has run on us. And Jamie, it's always great to keep it real with you. It's hard to find people who are, you know, really as independent and willing to criticize Democrats as well as Republicans and just work with the facts and live with the truth. It's why I'm a giant fan of Consumer Watchdog. Check out Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, and all his awesome colleagues at ConsumerWatchdog.org. They call it as they see it, and that's the way it ought to be. Jamie, thanks so very much. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Norm.